Just grab your neighbor's hand really firmly and say, God is great. Ooh. Amen, amen. Welcome to, welcome to, matter of fact, I want you guys to lead me in the chant this time, right? Okay, so y'all start it off, y'all start it off. Three, two, one. What, what? What, what? What, what? K, K. Caught you off guard, caught you off guard. Jason, how do you say in German? Heaven. Then you say Vas, Vas. See, we're a diverse church and up here, we speak all types of language. We speak in tongues. We say some things in German. You know, we got some Latino. Man, we got Swahili's probably somewhere up in here. But Ihaben, Vas. There you go. <laughs> amen, amen. Welcome to Elevate. We meet every Friday. At 7 p.m. If you're on Facebook, thank you for joining. Uh, can someone just, just uh, real quick, shout out what we talked about last week? With, scream it out, Bree Bree. Scream it out, Bree Bree. Scream it out, Bree Bree. Okay, never mind. You're good. Stand firm with each other, right? Who's the with e- uh, who's the each other in this situation? Look, look, look behind you. Look in front of you, look to the side, look to the other side. That's, that's, that's the each other in this situation. We're to stand firm with each other. Then before that, what did we talk about? Stand firm with what? Oh, someone said it. With the armor of God, right? With his armor. Then the way, way, way back, right, to the beginning of March, what did we talk about? Stand firm in freedom. Amen. Right? So how many people have been applying those messages to your lives? Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. That's good to hear. Right? So today we're going to be talking about, we're still going to stand firm, but this time on his word. Everybody say, on his word. That doesn't mean now Bree Bree is going to just drop her Bible and start standing on it. Right? But no, the metaphor here is that the word of God is a foundation. Okay? See, The same God who spoke the world into existence spoke to people that wrote the word of God. Does that make sense? So the same God who spoke the world into existence now speaks to us. So with that being said, right, I believe we should listen. You see, the Bible says uh, that itself, it was the word of God is God breathed, literally breathed. And that the Holy Spirit guided the people who wrote it, right? Guided. It wasn't just man making things up, but the Holy Spirit guided the person uh, on what to write. Now, here's the thing, right? With that being said, we should stand firm on this. Some of you may be saying, well, why would I stand firm on the Bible? Why would it be a foundation to my life, right? I mean, I got so many better things to live for. So many better things to hear from. But this is why you should stand firm on the Word of God, is because, simple as this, it's eternal, okay? It's eternal. And then some of us are like, okay, but how, right? Well, it's simple as just commit to it. That's what the Bible is saying, is to commit to it. Maintain a lifestyle of committing to the Word of God. And then you're saying, okay, well, if I don't do that, what will happen? And then I'm saying this to you, you won't last, 
you simply won't last. With the, the, the scope of time, eternity, you won't last. And you won't last in this life, right? Now, again, why should we stand on the Word of God? Because it's what? It's eternal. The Word of God is eternal. If you're new to this church, I like to, to incorporate you guys to make sure you're paying attention, but also just to help you guys understand that you understand, all right? Now, the Word of God is eternal, right? If you can put up uh, the sermon, the message for today, uh, the sermon passage for today, sorry. The sermon passage for today, Psalm 119.89. If you got a Bible, man, you got some notes, start to scribble, you know. Seth loves when I rap, man. He said, dude, if you ever drop a mixtape, copping that, copping that. Five dollar holla. Right? So, okay, let's read this together, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. Your word, Lord, is eternal. Firm in the heavens. Pretty simple, right? But that's a big implication. That's a huge implication. It's saying it will last forever. Jorge, if you can mind, scream as loud as you can. Okay. Did that word last forever? Even though that wasn't a word, it was more of a, just, a, just a noise. It did not last forever. Okay? Jorge's word died. All right? It died. Died out. Anybody ever, anybody remember the speech that Martin Luther King made? I have a dream. Does anybody know anything other than I have a dream? Some of you, some of you, right? Lily's like, yeah, <laughs> what you trying to say? Yeah, that's, that's an important speech, right? That speech, it impacted lots of people. But here's the thing. Even that speech, what his word was, won't last forever. You can think of the most important words of all time, even your mama telling you to clean your room. We definitely know that don't even last more than a day. You forget. That's why some of our rooms are dirty as heck, and our mama got a whoop, you know? Here's the thing, right? The word of God, though, will last forever. Now, here's the thing. Do you think that everybody in the world loves the Bible? Raise your hand if you think everybody in the world loves the Bible. Well, you all are right. Not everybody in the world loves the Bible. Matter of fact, many people have hated the Bible. In the second century, there was a man who was a Roman governor, and what he did was he took all the Bibles, right, got them in a pile, and he would destroy them, and he would kill the Christians that had them. So his whole goal, right, was to destroy the Word of God, was to destroy it, was to end it, okay? Then you had many times, everybody know about the Catholic Church, Anybody Catholic up in here, right? So Catholicism, right, there, there was a time where no one had an English Bible. No one had an English Bible. No one had a Bible in a language that everyone could understand. It was all in Latin. The only people who spoke Latin were the priests. So the priests said whatever they needed to say, and that's why you would have sacraments. That's why people had to pay their way into heaven, pay their way out of purgatory, because the priests were saying whatever they wanted to say, and no one knew what they were saying because no one spoke Latin. People would literally go, literally go to church just to get to heaven. That's why mass is a, is a ordinary. You have to go to mass to go to heaven in the Catholic religion. But guess what? A man called Tyndale, and I'm not lying. You can look it up, right? Tyndale, Wyclef Tyndale, he wrote the English Bible. He translated it. He translated it. That means like, hola, hi, que pasa, what's up? But he did that with Latin, right? So, solo fide, 
Faith alone, right? He translated everything to English. You know what the Catholic Church started doing? Burning the English Bible, trying to kill it, trying to stop the Word of God from going forth. And if that may offend some of you, that's history. History may be offensive. So then also you have skeptics, right? Anybody hear about evolution? Yep, yep, right? So there is a trial. They try to put the Bible on trial to silence the Bible, making it seem anti-scientific. The guy who did it said he never read the Bible, never even looked at the Bible. He just knew it was stupid and he was trying to end it, right? Then you had people, all types of people try to end the Bible for thousands of years. Now, Bree, lift up what's in your hand right now. What is that, guys? It's, it's 20, 2019. We still got a word of God in our hand. What's up? That's because it will last forever. Amen? Amen. This is what God intended, uh, intended to do, is just make, make it last forever. Now, here's the thing. Everything and everyone, uh, people, weapons, everything, everyone can stand against the word of God, but it does not prosper. And there's a reason why. If we can go to 1 Peter uh, 1, 23 to 25. So the word of God is what? The word of God is what? Which means last forever, everlasting, right? So 1 Peter 1, 20, uh, 23 to 25, it goes like this, right? If you guys are there, say, Amen. Say, Amen. Amen. I see you, I see you Jeremiah. All right, so it says right here, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable seed through the living and enduring. Everybody say, enduring. More endurance than Gatorade. Let's get it. Word of God right? So you know those commercials with Gatorade where they're like endurance, stamina and everything, right? The Word of God is enduring. That means it perseveres. That means it lasts no matter what you do. Listen, you guys, I know some of you, a lot of people in this generation don't read, so you might never even pick up the Bible, but you can't hide from the Word of God. It's still there whether you pick it up or not. Whether it got dust or not, the Word of God lasts forever. Lasts forever. So it's saying right here, for all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. I mean, it looks pretty, right? But as soon as the wind blows, it's gone. It's dead. It's gone. And it says, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. So listen, all the things that come against the Bible, everything, everything that tries to stand against the Bible Weapons, people, thoughts, ideas, all of it is like grass. That was an insult back in high school. They'd be like, you're grass, bro. That means basically, like, I'm done. I'm going to beat you up. But listen, that's what the Bible saying to your life if you're against the word of God. It's saying it's grass. It's like the flowers in the field. It's here one day, gone the next. It looks nice for a moment, but it's gone. It's gone. But the word of the Lord endures forever. It never dies. So we're in the series Stand Firm. So in order to stand firm, you must have something that is firm to stand on. So in order to stand firm, you must have something that's firm, doesn't disappear, doesn't all of a sudden like crumble, doesn't fade away. You have to have something firm to stand on. And this is the word of God. You see... I don't know if you guys ever played those video games where you jump from place to place and the ground disappears if you stay there too long. Yeah, that's in life, that's everything but the Word of God. You try to stay in a relationship, boom, 
relationship gone. You try to stay on, uh, you try to stay with money, boom, recession hits. Oh, bam, someone stole your money. You, some of y'all addicted to your phone. Your life is in your phone. If you lost your phone, you lost your life. Hey, that phone can be stolen. I remember one time I dropped my phone for two seconds and tapped high school, turned around, it was gone. They probably selling it or something. I don't even know. Some dude probably like named uh, Jihad, like Muhammad or something has it right now, dude. Because like they would take phones a lot and everything. Not racist. That's literally what they were known for. My Arab friends, I love them. So, literally everything you stand on, you jump from from platform to platform, thing to thing to stand on. But it's not firm. It disappears. It crumbles under your feet. But you stand on the Word of God. That's something firm to stand on. It doesn't just disappear. Right? So here's the thing. How do you stand on the Word of God? 2 Thessalonians uh, 2.15, please. Thank you, TJ. So 2 Thessalonians, I know not a lot of us, we're like, Thessalonians. Yes, that is, a, that is a book in the Bible. It's an awesome book. I encourage everyone to read it. It says right here, so then, brothers and sisters, actually, I'll wait for everyone to get there, and I'll wait for it to get, get on screen. I want everyone to say, stand firm right, when we get there. So then, brothers and sisters... So then, brothers and sisters, and hold fast to the teachings we passed unto you, whether by word or by mouth or by letter, right? So it's saying right here, this is, it's telling us to stand firm, but it's telling us to do something else is hold on to, right? Hold on to. Now, really quick, I want you guys to understand what scripture how but the Bible came to be. I'll say real quickly, the Bible was a, it was a bunch of writings collected over thousands of years, three, like about 3,000 to, uh, 3, to 3,500 years. That's the span of the Bible when it was collected, okay? Not a single contradiction, not a single error. Nothing is wrong with it. It is perfect to the T. You may say it was written by man, Right? How many, people, how many people say that or have heard that it's said? I won't put you on blast, but how many people have heard that said, right? And how many people have said that themselves? I won't distinct, you know, I won't be like, oh, he says that, you know. But how many people have heard that being said? Like, I can't trust the Bible was written by man. How many people, no one's heard that? Well, you will hear that once you get to high school, okay? This is what they'll tell you. You can't trust the Word of God. It was written by man. Tell me, what about your math book? What about your science book? What a, what a, Dude, dude, here's the whole thing is that there can be truth that is given to man. Two plus two, you found that in your math book. A man wrote it. Does that make it not true? Five times five is, it equals what? 25, right? We know, we, know that there's, we know that the earth is not flat because of our science book. We believe that, correct? We believe the earth is round. We believe that there's a sun, that we don't orbit around the sun. Where do you guys find that out? Books, right? And those books were written by who? Man. You get what I'm saying? And no one's actually ever seen from, like, people have been to space, been to the moon, but no one's actually ever stood on Jupiter. No one's ever stood on Venus. No one's ever stood on these places. You've never been there. You know what you're trusting. You're trusting the word and the testimony of man. So the Bible is written from people that have seen and were guided by the Holy Spirit to write the word of God. Everybody believe do not murder is wrong? You know, you know, you know who God used to write that? Amen. So here's the whole thing. Your laws, everything you think about, you've never created it yourself. 
Nothing is new under the sun. So if you were to be a skeptic towards the Bible because God used a man, you got to be skeptic towards your own thoughts because you yourself, you're a what? A man or a woman, right? So listen, don't let anybody ever tell you the word of God can't be trusted because it was written by man. That person themselves is a man, and they're trusting that they can't trust the word of God. You see how this is? If you want to be skeptical, you got to be skeptical of yourself. So here's the whole thing. I just wanted to give you guys that because we live in a day and age where people don't want you to believe in Jesus, and they want to destroy the word of God. But guess what? They can't, and that's how it's going to go. So to remain firmly, so to stand, right, to stand firm and hold fast to the word of God, how do you do that? You have to remain firmly committed to the word of God. That's what it says. To stand firm is to maintain a position. To hold fast is to commit to something, fully commit to it. So you have to do that despite what happens in your life. You're committed to the word of God. Despite what happens, despite what's being told to you, despite what you're seeing, if you're committed to the word of God, you're going to go to it. Does that make sense? So why, 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 why do I trust that? Why should I even do that? Well, listen, I mean, anybody ever heard of Jesus? Yeah, right? Well, this is what Jesus did. If we go to Matthew 4, 1 through 10, I know we breezed through this last time, but this is what Jesus did, right? He was baptized, okay, because he had to fulfill his calling, right? God became a man to save us and to show us how to live. So Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. If you're wondering why he was tempted, you can come to myself or any other leader, and we'll tell you. But after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, I would have would I ate a pizza if I was there within the third night or maybe the third hour. But, you know, God will help us, right? He was hungry. No, duh, right? Jesus is a man at this time. He's fully man, fully God, the hypostatic union, just in case Oscar tries to throw that at us again, right? He is hungry. Jesus had the munchies right now. He had been fasting. He wanted to eat. He wanted some fish. He wanted some bread. So what, what happened? The tempter. Everybody say the tempter. Listen. There is temptation in this world. Any, anybody ever notice why you have like multiple types of thoughts in your mind at a given moment? Like one minute you'll be thinking about your homework. Next minute all of a sudden it's like, hey, bro, <laughs> play Fortnite, bro. You know, and you're like, you're right. And dude, you're like other thoughts like homework, homework, homework. And you're like, nah, G, bro, come on, Fortnite with the homies, bro. This is Saturday night. Sure, I got a project through Sunday, but it's all right. That some of us, we're like, you know, we're thinking, hey, man, like, you know, I, I, I see someone who, uh, who needs uh, comfort. They're crying and everything. You're like, man, I should talk to this person to help them out. Other person, man, just you don't even want to get in that. You're like, okay, I'm going to go over here, right? You mind your own business. It seems like we have multiple thoughts, okay? This is the mind that God created us with so he can actually speak to us through our mind. Now, everything is said is God. But not everything that isn't said, right? It, not, not everything that is said is ourselves. There's a tempter. There's someone who tempts us. He shows us things. It's like imagine, right? I got some water here. Imagine you guys have been in the desert for 40 days. And I'm like, JJ, what, you want this water? You want, I bet you want this water. Come here, man. Follow me, bro. Right? That's kind of weird, right? Th that's kind of weird, right? 
That's what they do. They tempt people to leave them from what? Safety. Of course, JJ, he's been in the desert 40 days. He'll probably rob me for this water if he had to. But let's say I had, I had like, you know, a trap or whatever. That's what the devil is doing right now. He's trying to tempt Jesus, right? Everybody say stupid. He's stupid, man. That's Jesus. So the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. So right now what he's doing is he's saying, listen, you can't trust the father to provide for you right now. I'll provide for you. I'll provide for you. And we get that sometimes. You know, we don't, we think, you know, the devil may say, man, you know what? You haven't been able, you haven't dated in like four months. Okay. You say you're trying to do it God's way, right? But over here, this dude thinks you're cute. Holler at him, right? Dude, let him talk to you. Just let him. Maybe drop a few hints. Sure, he smokes weed. Sure, he got like straight ups. Sure, he don't go to church or love Jesus. Maybe you can get him saved, right? I'm like, this is real scenario stuff, right? That's how he does it. God is not going to provide you with, with fellowship and people in your life. You got to find your own people. You know, other times it's money. Man, God, I want to serve you, but I got to make that money. Got to make that bread, right? We say we got to make our own bread. I got to turn these empty pockets to full wallets. You know what I'm saying? That's what we kind of say. So what? We stop going to church because we get a job. We stop hanging out with Christians, but we hang out with people that aren't cool that go to our job. I've seen many people do it because they want money. They don't trust God to provide for them. So this is what Jesus answered. He didn't say, away from me, I'm God. But he shows us. The example, he says, man should not live on bread alone, but every what? Every what? Every what? Every what? Every what? Word. Word that comes from the mouth of who? Of whom? God. God. Not, not Jesus didn't just say, man, let me just uh, repeat something that Mary said to me one day. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you eat. If you eat bread on an empty stomach, you might hurt yourself or whatever. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't go to what his mom said. He didn't go to the priest said. He didn't go to what Peter's, you know, weird self was saying. He went to the word of God. He went to his father's word. So here's the whole thing. Jesus was doing that, right? We continue. He continues to do that. And he says, then the devil took him to the holy city that had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God... Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command the angels concerning you, right? And they will lift up their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. He's saying, listen, bro, you God, I'm pretty sure you can fly or something, or the angels can help you fly. And jump off the rock. Test God to see if you should obey him. How many times have we done that? Man, God, you know, if you help me out with this math test, Man, gee, I know I didn't study God, but if you help me out with this math test, I swear I'll follow you, bro. I swear I'll follow you, right? And, I mean, I prayed those prayers in eighth grade. I said, God, you know, I'll, I'll stop watching porn, Lord. I'll stop talking to this girl, Lord. I'll stop cussing, Lord. Just please help me get through this. Please. And you're trying to bargain with God. You're trying to test God. This is what Satan tried to do. He said, hey, God is really for you. See if he's for you. Jump off this cliff. He said to this. He said this to him. Jesus said to him, away from me, right? If you go to the next verse, away from me. TJ, you can go to the next verse, please. My man, TJ, pray for TJ. There you go. There you go. Do not. 
put the Lord your God to the test. That's not the same one. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So do not test God. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Their splendor is their beauty, their riches, their glory. And this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. So he showed them everything you had. You ever heard of people selling their souls to the devil for riches and fame, right? Some of, all, some of us think Lil Uzi Vert sold his soul. I know you saw the YouTube videos of some of you guys are with that, right? Some of us think, man, Michael Jackson, Illuminati, all that stuff, right? No, that's not really how it works. You see, what the devil does, he shows you a way that's different than God's way. But we'll find out that at the end, literally, it's nothing but sand. So he tells them, you know what, worship me, you'll do this, right? You'll get money, you'll get fame, and, and, and basically challenging Jesus' affections, right? So it's like if you, if you go Satan's way, you can have a girlfriend who looks like Jennifer Lopez. You can have a girlfriend who looks like Jennifer Lopez. You can have money, right? If you sell some weed, you can have some money. Matter of fact, you'll have a lot of money. I had a friend, he could, before he got saved, he would sell weed all the time, and he had lots of money. Lots of money. This dude would have stacks. And he loved it. He loved it. He loved it. He did it all, every day in the, uh, between, uh, between classes, after class, before church, right? Then he got saved, of course. Amen. But his affection was towards money, and he wanted it. He wanted it. Some of us, our affections are towards other things that aren't God, whether it be woman, whether it be man, whether it be sexual things. But, right, what did Jesus say to him? What did Jesus say to him? He said again, away from me, right? Go to the next verse. Thank you. Away from me, Satan, for it is what? I need everybody. For it is what? Written. Written. Word, right? Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He went back to the word. So here's the whole thing, okay? What do you do when you stand firm? And hold fast to the word when you maintain that position that you're going to live for the Lord and you're going to, what, commit to the word of God? Is that no matter what you go through, you always go back to the word of God. You got tempted, you go back to the word of God. Someone's telling you to do something bad, you go back to the word of God. Someone's telling you to disobey your parents, to lie, to steal, to, to be lustful, to be adulterous. You go back to the word of God. You're feeling depressed? You're feeling suicidal? Where do you go? To the word of God. To the word of God. Plain and simple. Everyone that wants to stand firm and hold fast to the word of God, whenever they go through things, they have to go to the word of God. Jesus says, for it is written, right? Everything he said, for it is written, he always went back there, right? If we can go to, uh, if we can go really quickly to Matthew 7, 24 to 25, and if I can have Stephanie come up, please. Jesus then began to say, listen, and, and this is as simple as this. Once you now go to the word of God, you should do what? What should you do? Should you just pick it up, put it down, and do back, go back what you were doing before? No, you go to the word of God, and you do what it says, you do what it says now. Therefore, everyone who hears these what? Words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. 
Yet it did not fall because it had the foundation on the rock. So literally, if you build your house, right, if you build your life on the word of God, winds could blow, right, whatever the winds may be. It could be gossip about you. It could be slander. It could be anything that is talked negative about you, right? But yet you will not fall because you're standing on the word of God. Your life is literally dedicated to living by the word of God. Then let's say, right, the streams come. Let's say, man, your mom gets cancer. Let's say now your cousins, right, are, are in jail. Let's say all these things that are happening to your family and around you, but you're standing on the word of God. Let's say right now the rain comes down and something happens in your life that causes you to be sad. But if you're built on the rock, if you're built on the word of God, if your life has been stacked on Jesus' teachings, you won't crumble. You won't fall. You won't. But then what if you don't build your house on the word of God? What if you choose not to? What if you choose... To not build your house on the rock. If we can go to Matthew 7, 26 through 7. Matthew, thank you. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house. And it fell with, it fell with a great crash. If you can put that picture up real quick. A lot of us, we've never seen a house on sand because we're in Chicago, right? But this is a house on sand when the winds blow, when the streams rise, when the rain came down. This is the house. See, that house is anyone who builds their house, their, their life on sand instead of the word of God. You see, you try to build your house on relationships, boom. You try to build your house on your family, your life on your family, boom. Everything's gone once the winds blow. You see, but you build your house on the word of God, your life on the word of God, that won't happen. You'll stand firm. You'll be able to withstand anything that comes against you. Because how many things went against the word of God? You had people trying to burn it, people trying to destroy it, people trying to silence the gospel from spreading. 2,000 years later, what are we talking about right now? The word of God. Dude, your relationships are so fickle. Literally, it just takes another guy to come in, that girl's distracted. Another girl to come in, that guy's distracted. Your music, literally, bam, it's gone. Like, you, you, you think these celebrities, these artists even care about you? They don't. We try to stand on so many things. That's why when the wind comes, we don't even know what to do. That's why most of y'all are depressed. Most of y'all have anxiety. Most of you guys are stressed. It's because you don't go back to the word of God. You go to music. You go to your relationships. You go to your family. You go everywhere else but the word of God. The Bible says that anxiety weighs a man down, but a good word cheers it up. And there's no greater word than the word of God. So this man did not hold fast to the word of God. He did not do what Jesus said. He heard the teachings and he did not do them. Some of us here, we're in that same cycle. We hear Jesus talking. We hear the word of God. We understand it. And instead, we do not do it. I'm telling you right now, this is what's waiting for you. This is your life. To those who are disobedient to the word of God, that's your life. 
That's your life. If, if it doesn't happen now, guess what? There's a, a return of Jesus. Jesus is coming back. And right now, what you built your life on, oh, he's going to judge it. He's going to look at it. And he's going to see if it withstands the test. And guess what? If it's not built on his teachings, if it's not a life that is centered on him and his word, that's it. That's what you become. That's what Jesus meant in this, pa this passage. So my question to you is, what do you stand on? What do you stand on? If I can have my altar workers come up and everyone stand up, please. You see... Many people, when they hear a message like this, they want to make excuses or they want to put it on for later. They want to put it on for later, like maybe later, you know, it'll get better. I'm telling you right now, if the foundation is the same, no matter what you stack on it, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need to be saved, the Bible says. You need to, be, you need to repent and turn to him. So just so you guys, during the week... If you guys are going through circumstances, if you guys are being tempted, matter of fact, if the devil might tempt you right when you get home, go back to the word of God, hear it, read it, and do what it says. So what do you stand on? I'm telling you right now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to stand on the gospel. I'm going to stand on the gospel. The gospel is this, that Jesus, right, who is God, became a man. He put on flesh. That means he became a man. He, be, he came into the body of man. Everybody knows that story. But during his life, he did not sin. During his life, he was in perfect love with the Father. Yes, that's right, the, God the Father. And he was so in love with him that he loved us. And his love drove him to something called the cross. And on the cross, he was brutally killed, executed, murdered as a criminal. The sinless man killed see, many people didn't understand that that death, what he was going through, that was actually because of us. You see, the word that was eternal, we decided to disobey it. We decided to do what we wanted. We decided not to stand firm on the word of God, but to stand on our own selfishness, stand on our own wisdom, stand on our own desires. We decided to stand on things that God stood against. So what is God's reaction now? He dies for us, brutally, in our place, the death that we should have had because we broke the law. We broke the word of God. If you were to do anything against anyone in the, in the Chicago, you would break the law. You would go to jail. We sin against God. The Bible says if we sin, the wages of that, the payment of that, the consequence of that is death. So Jesus paid the death. But the Bible says our hope now is in the resurrection, that he is alive, amen. He is alive. He conquered death. He defeated sin. He is our king. He is our Lord. He is our master. He can save us from our sin that drove him to the cross. So right now, that is in the Bible. That's the word of God. That's what I stand on. And I encourage all of you, that's what you need to stand on. Because that gospel cannot be destroyed. I said it last week, right? And I'll say it again. You'll die. Your neighbor will die. Your parents will die. But this word of God will live forever. And if you trust and if you do what it says, the Bible says you will live forever. Eternal life. That's what Jesus is promising in the gospel. 
So I want you guys to hold fast to that. Stand firm. Maintain that position. I'm going to live in a life worthy of the gospel. Live a life in a manner worthy of the gospel. Stand firm on that. Hold fast to the word. Be committed to it. Read it when you wake up. Read it when you go to sleep. Ask questions about it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Listen, this will change your life. This will change your life. So with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that your word stands the test of time. Lord, that it endures, God, that it is eternal, Lord, that you actually were willing to speak to us, God. You were willing to speak to people that turned their eyes against you, that looked sideways at you, that ignored you, that disobeys you. You were still willing to speak to us, God. The same people that sinned against you and put you on the cross, Lord, you spoke to us, Jesus. Lord, we are so thankful for that. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. You deserve all praise, all glory, all honor, Lord. God, I ask you right now, oh, sovereign God, that you would save in here. That you would save souls in here, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to convict those, that as they hear the word of God, that faith would come into their heart, Lord. And I pray, God, that the seed that is planted, you would grow it. I pray that anyone here that is turned away against you, Lord, that isn't living in disobedience to the word, I pray that they would repent right now. And I pray that we would be able to stand firm and hold fast to your word. Lord, have your way in this time. As Stephanie sings, I want to ask you guys to come up. If you need prayer, if you want to get alone with God, don't feel ashamed. The Bible says if you confess your sins, if you want to do it in your seat right now, take a moment. If you confess your sins, God is just and he is able to forgive you and wash you clean of all wickedness. A new start. Born again, not of, not of religion, but of imperishable seed. A seed that can't be changed. A seed that can't be taken. The word of God. The word of God will now live in you. Hallelujah. So just in this time, begin to pray. Get along with God.